from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. All right, so I'm alone today in the studio. I feel kind of naked. I don't know if that's appropriate to say on Stay Paid, but I feel kind of <laughs> naked now without my sidekick, Josh Steik. I think he's in the mountains. Josh is in the mountains with his family. I keep following on him on Instagram. If you're not following Joshua Steik on Instagram, you should. It's a it's Josh Steik on Instagram. And he's posting all these pictures of his kids and he's having a blast and I'm stuck here. And I was just sharing with our amazing guest that we're going to have on today about how I went to the dentist this morning. And one of the things that is hilarious about going to the dentist, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this. I told him a horror story, how I hadn't been to the dentist in 12 years. And he, he, you know, looked at me like everybody does and gave me that look of shame. But my teeth were in actually very good condition, just if anybody's wondering out there listening to this. But the funniest thing about going to the dentist is they talk to you while your mouth is open. And it's hilarious because it's like, I can't speak. My mouth is wide open and they're, they're asking, you know, to get to know you. And they must be so used to it. I started just blinking at them and smiling at them. But with that being said, guys, I am excited for today's podcast because buckle up. We have someone that is going to blow you away. I was reading up on Greg. We have Greg Harrelson on the podcast today. Greg has been in real estate for more than 20 years. He is the owner of over four Century 21 franchises. His average agent, this is what blew me away, his average agent does 30 annual deals per agent. I think the average in the United States right now is, I think, 11, and I might be going a little high there. His team has consistently been ranked the number one sales team in Myrtle Beach since its inception. And Greg offers a one-day listing guarantee, a day-to-day contract that gives clients the freedom to walk away if they're not satisfied. He's also a successful coach who has worked with multiple agents who close more than 100 deals per year. So with all that being said, grab your pen, grab your paper, get ready to take notes because you know with Stay Paid, guys, it's all about giving you tangible, practical advice that you can take and put into action. If you just listen to this podcast like every other podcast, but you don't put things into action, it's not going to move your life in the direction you want it to go. So focus in, get ready to take action. Greg, welcome to the podcast, man. It's great to have you on. Man, I'm excited to be here. This is going to be exciting. I love the energy already, so it's probably going to be a good one. It's probably it's probably the monster energy drink. I am <laughs> That's trying, probably what it is. I'm yeah. trying to And I sponsored. love the Mevo camera. The yes. Mevo camera, those things are awesome. They really are. It's impressive because it does yeah. the, if you guys don't know this Mevo camera, it like oh, zooms. Right oh, you have one right there. So check yeah. us out on YouTube, guys, if you want to watch the video. He just held up a Mevo, but it does the whole zoom in and out for you. So it allows you the opportunity. And Mark, our producer, knows this more than I do. And we're going to actually have Mark on the show. So stay tuned because you're going to hear Mark. He's going to talk about doing podcasting and we'll probably talk about the video part of podcasting too. But the Mevo is a great tool for you to use. So Greg, Let's go ahead and introduce you to the audience. Uh, you know, give your kind of story. You've accomplished so much in your career, but you know, walk us through your journey and how you got into the real estate business, really what your career has been in real estate, and then ultimately lead us to today and what you're up to today. Okay. Yeah, I'll just 
take you on that little uh, quick journey. It's uh, it started probably around twenty, nearly twenty five thousand, uh, twenty five thousand years ago, twenty five <laughs> years ago, <laughs> in, in, a, in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so probably about twenty two, twenty five years ago, I um, I got into real estate. I was not doing so well in college. I I was actually I think I was a sophomore. It took me five years in five different schools to get to that level. So obviously I didn't do so well. And um, my dad happened to be in real estate. Okay. So I got um, decided to stop working at restaurants and bartending and things like that. And I would go help my dad in real estate. And then I would try to finish school. But I never really finished school. But I did start helping my dad. And the task that I took on, though, is I was a telemarketer. I was actually a prospector for my dad. I love it. And um, so for about six months, maybe nine months, all I did was uh, do just listed, just sold calls, expired calls, and FISBO calls. Um, my dad was doing around 40 transactions, maybe 48 transactions back then. You know, and, and 20-something years ago, that's actually was considered a top producer. Um, now, you know, uh, top producers, we're talking, you know, 100, 100 deals or, or more, like the definition of a top producer is tr- starting to shift because the volume of production that agents are doing is, is higher and higher and higher. Mm. So he was doing pretty good, but I started getting traction on the listing lead side. I would go to class, you know, I'd prospect at eight until around 10 or 11 in the morning. I'd go to school. He would then take those leads and go list them throughout the day. And so, you know, he started tra- uh, 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 trending at now moving towards 100 transactions because of all these listing leads. So it w- didn't take me too long before I figured out, hey, maybe this is my ticket, right? Like I didn't finish college, but I went full boat into real estate and I started continuing to, pr- to prospect. And then I started learning how to list properties. Now I was listing properties. You know, this is what I'm age 25 or 26 at this time. Um, maybe 20, maybe 24. So some people are listing me because of my skills and some people are listing because they had grandchildren of my age and they just like, they wanted to do me a favor. But either, either rate, I actually focused on prospecting and then listing. And that's all I did. So like in my entire career of 20 plus years, I mean, I, I've always been a listing agent. I've always been a prospector and a listing agent. Now, what it ended up happening is my dad and I started doing 100 deals a year, 200 deals a year, 300 deals, 300 deals, 300 deals, oh 400 gosh. deals in a year. We started doing a tremendous business, and I never worked any buyers. I had, I, at, at around the 200 deal mark is probably when we started hiring buyers agents because we knew how much money we were losing. But we were just focused on listing, listings, 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 listings. And so we built that business to be fairly, uh, fairly lucrative. Now, what I did is I decided that, and I, and I had taken the lead by now because I joined Mike Ferry and I got very involved with the Mike Ferry coaching. So gotcha. they were very instrumental in helping me build out, uh, you know, that listing business and skills and, and, and whatnot. So I decided back in 1999 that I was going to then turn around and break up what I called the team, which is my dad and I and a few people at that point break up the team, but then make the team my office. So my buyer's agent for my team actually was just a buyer's agent at the company. My listing coordinator for my team was the listing coordinator slash broker in charge of the company. My closing coordinator was the closing coordinator now for the company. So I broke up the team, made it a company, but it still looked, smelled, walked, talked like a team, but I just happened to own the brokerage. Hmm. 
Then I started building onto the team, team slash brokerage. And then I started building a bigger and bigger company, but everyone in the company used the same CRM, the same lead systems, the same scripts. I was their coach. In other words, everything was a team, but each individual was their own independent contractor. Beautiful. But when they came to my company, they came to the company with the understanding they were coming to my company and really hiring me to help develop their business. Instead of me going out there and looking for a bunch of real estate agents that I tried to see if I could get them to come to my company so I could make some money off of them, I flipped the script and created enough value as a coach where I was attracting talent to me that says, hey, I heard that you're, you guys have a good business going on. I want you to teach me how to do it. And then I started creating top producers from scratch that were just new licensees. So that's basically kind of how I got to where I am now. Um, and, and so, yes, we still do attract talent where people will come and say, hey, I want to join your team, which means the company. Right. And then we put them in our training program, which is all in-house. And we, you know, get them skilled up, get them on the phones, dial in three hours a, a, a day from eight to 11. Mm, Hopefully they're that's doing a about golden 30. nugget right there. I love yeah. that. I love that. They should be doing 10 contacts per hour of outbound calls. That's 30 contacts a day. And now we're up to about 180 agents and we'll close this year projected to close right under 4,000 transactions. <laughs> that is unbelievable, man. That is yeah. crazy. Okay. So pretty fun. Pretty um, fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it is crazy to me, you know, to you alone, you were doing 300 deals. You said, yeah, my dad and I, and then we had a few hundred, we had like a, a two buyer at the time we got to that level, we had two buyers agents and then it was my dad and I, and then we probably had a telemarketer or two at that moment. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So let's get into and break down kind of your thoughts on the philosophy and strategies or principles per se that you think have driven that success. So if I'm an agent that's coming to work for you, right? So many agents. Here's the number one question. So our company will work with about 40,000 agents. Well, okay, can I, can I interrupt you? Yep. Absolutely. I don't have, yeah. I, I don't have people coming to work for me. People put me to work. So I'm not That's like, great. let's just say that you're just this random agent, right? In my market. And I, and, and you were to come into my office and we're going to sit down for, a, and have a chat about you becoming part of our office. Right. One of the first things that I'm going to say to you is, hey, look, before we get started, I want you to know that this this conversation is probably going to be quite different than any other conversation with other companies, brokers, managers you're probably having. Um, I actually didn't invite you here um, to interview you. I actually invited you here in hopes that you would take the opportunity to interview me and determine if I'm the right person to help develop your career. That's awesome. So, so I'm flipping the script. Where when we're talking, it's your responsibility to determine if I'm the type of leader, if I'm the type of coach that will really make a difference for you. I'm not trying to figure out how you're going to make a difference for me. Mm. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make a difference for you. So then when you then decide to work here, guess what you did? You chose me as your coach versus me begging you to come to my office to work for me. You're actually asking me to work for you and hire. You're kind of like hiring me to coach you to help you build your business. And that means that our relationship is starting off day one is coach player dynamic, mm. coach player dynamic. A player always does what the coach says. 
if the coach, if the player trusts the coach, then the coach, then the player does what the coach says. It's like Bill Jackson. If he tells Michael Jordan to jump, then Michael Jordan says, how high? He doesn't question whether or not, he doesn't say why. He says, how high? That's a player coach relationship. That's totally different than a, a broker agent relationship. And that's really critical to this dialogue. Man, that is awesome. I just heard something really similar, and I think it's relevant. That's why I'm sharing it. Gary V. I watched a video of Gary V. talking about leaders make so often the mistake that they think it's a promotion to boss people around, where yeah. really it's a demotion to serve. It's like the mentality is like it's servant leadership ultimately at its core, but it's really ultimately this. He said it in the video. You work for your employees. Your employees don't work for you. You work. I love that, man. I think that I think it's easier to say than to do. And that's just me. Maybe my personal yeah. conviction. It's so hard. You know, I, I fall into the trap so often as a leader myself of just forgetting that mindset that no, 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 I'm here to fulfill, to work for you, to fulfill your dreams, to help you be successful, to help you do it. So let's get into some of the nitty gritty. Like how does one go about being successful in the lead generation category, because that's the number one question I get, right, mm -hmm. is all the agents that come to us, they're asking, help us with the lead generation, help us with developing a consistent strategy to close deals, to get listings, to get buyers. You specifically, obviously, lean towards the listing side, hearing your mm -hmm. story, and I think that's awesome. So what are the systems that you would recommend that an agent start doing today to start generating listings? How can they go about that? Yeah, and I think the answer, are, it already exists, right? So I think the, 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 what we have to, die, after I give the answer, what we really have to dive into is, okay, well, how do we get them to do what they already know they should be doing? Look, mm. if you want to get a listing, get on the phone and call the FISBOs and expires. Okay, that's it, period. I can be like a lot of other people and I can candy coat it and I can try to make it look, sound sexy. But I'm just gonna, but that does, but sounding sexy doesn't get results. Golden like, nugget. You know, that's yeah, a golden nugget right there. Yeah. yeah. So let's just talk about getting results. If you want to get a listing, get on the phone and go call people that are raising their hands saying, I want to sell. Now, that's not exactly what the audience always, well, the audience has already heard that. That's played out. Everyone's yep. heard that, yep. right? But very few people are doing it. So now we have to dang, now we have to figure out why in the world are they not doing it? Because as leaders, it's getting our agents out of their box to do things that may be uncomfortable and do them so much until the uncomfortable becomes comfortable. Mm. And the uncomfortable becomes comfortable whenever we change the perception of what we're doing. So a lot of agents don't want to go out there and make these calls because I don't want to be a salesperson. That's fine. My dad told me that years ago at the kitchen table when somebody uh, telemarketed. He says, these people are awful. They should never be allowed to do that. I get it. I heard the same stories, like they're bad people, they're bad people. But then I had to look at myself and say, well, what am I going to deliver to these people? Am I calling them to try to convince them to sell? No, I'm not trying to call anybody to convince them to sell. I'm calling to identify people who have already convinced themselves that they're going to sell. And then my job is to influence them to choose me over the other people that they have options to. Mm. So it's little conversations that you have to complete in your head that allows you to have the confidence to get on the phone and make those calls and not feel like you're bothering somebody. You, I, I really truly feel like I have a duty 
that I need to protect the consumer because they have an opportunity to choose somebody that's going to help them. And they got an opportunity to choose somebody that might not help them so well. And I need to go ahead and get that business to protect them from falling in the hands of some agent that might not deliver the value that I'm going to bring. But that's all chatter in my head. That's the narrative that I'm saying that I'm doing this to serve the consumer. Most people think, well, I don't want to make those calls because that's kind of like I, I, I'm almost, you know, in, in, I'm, I'm bothering the consumer. I don't think I'm bothering the consumer. I think I'm serving the consumer by allowing them the opportunity to hire somebody that has the skill sets and the knowledge and the and the passion that I do to serve them at the highest level. I literally could not agree with you more. You are laying out the essential truth, fundamental of sales. When I speak to my new sales class, I tell them the, the absolute key is belief. You must yeah. believe first and foremost, you must obviously be believing in your product. You got to believe in that you're helping people. And then you got to believe in yourself and believe that you actually can do this, that you actually can help people. You know, I guess my question to you would be, they hear, okay, I have to have belief. I have to get on the phone. You know, you mentioned, and I want to touch on it a little earlier in your story, you mentioned about calling three hours a day type idea. You know, do your agents come in? Is it mandatory, you know, as you coach people to go, hey, you're going to be on the phone for two hours a day, three hours a day. Do you set strict guidelines that way to help hold accountability? Or do you be a little bit more fluent? Because I've struggled with that in coaching agents is where's the line between strict accountability and you will make these dials versus the fluidity of allowing yourself a little bit of fluidness in your business? Yeah, that's a, a fantastic question. So I think of my real estate company really not as a real estate company. I think I'm a coaching company. So then you just look at yourself as a coaching company, right? Forget about they're my agents for a moment. They're my coaching clients. So, you know, I coached for Mike Ferry for in, in the past. Years ago, I used to be a Mike Ferry coach. And I might coach somebody in Aspen, Colorado or San Diego or all over the country, right? There's no telling where the clients would be. I could never really demand that they show up for three, <clears throat> three hours, right? Because I wasn't physically there. Right. It wasn't my company. So I had to use um, persuasion in order to convince them to or, or in order to get them to opt into what I believe would be a great strategy to do their, to, to build the business that they want. And if they choose not to do it, then they probably are going to be choosing less than they could be getting if they chose to do it. So then, th so, so no, there is no mandatory, but they are hiring me as their coach. So the power of flipping the script and them hiring me as their coach, you know, kind of like at least from a model standpoint, that's the dialogue. When they're hiring me as a coach, then they're giving me permission to tell them what they need to do in order to build their business. So when somebody's not showing up, I just simply ask them, hey, I'm a little bit confused. I mean, the last time we talked and set goals, this is what you said you wanted, but this is, you're showing up less than that, than what's required. So have you changed your goals? Well, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I don't think I want to do that. Well, did you tell your wife about that? Because I bet you your wife thinks that you still have the same goal, but yeah, obviously awesome. you don't have the same goal because you're not showing up. Now, I bet you're that type of guy that you show you leave the off, you leave the house at the same time. So you're, that's why your wife thinks that you're actually showing up and doing what you said you're going to do. But when you show up, you're not really doing anything. Why don't we why don't we have a family discussion about this? Mm, that's because awesome. see, you're going to have a family discussion either way. 
You're going to keep telling your, 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 your significant other that you're doing everything you can and then you're going to have financial problems. That's going to be a conversation or you're actually going to do, a, you know, you, so you're going to either fake it and then it'll show up later that, that you are faking it or you can right. just like be transparent now. Which one do you want to do? Yeah, you're reminding, you're reminding people of their why. You, you mentioned Mike yes. Ferry. I, I heard a video of an agent speaking at a Tom Ferry event. And it really impacted me what she said when she talked about door knocking. I shared it with our team and I shared it on a webinar the other day for our clients. It impacted me. She she was so scared of door knocking. So anybody listening to this, if you're scared of cold calling, scared of door knocking, all these things that he's talking about, she said, my why is bigger than my fear. Yeah. And and that's, you know, what you're reminding people of is that is your why bigger than your fear is your is where you want to be in life bigger than your fear. And it has to be bigger than your fear. And I think as a leader, one of the things I learned from Ed Milet is your vision as a leader. So all my leaders listening to this, your vision has to be big enough to fit the vision of the other people under you in it. Like you have to have such a big why and such a big vision yes. that it fits the people in it. So cold calling, obviously generating leads, it's a, it's a mind shift, right? So if you're generating leads and you're cold calling every single day and you're focused on the listings, right? How then do you scale that from being a single agent to a system to where your business is not running you? And you're actually running your business like to make this leap. And the reason why I'm asking this question, I'm kind of asking it selfishly for my brother. So my brother, Steven, people hear me talk about him a lot on this podcast, but I'm really in the nitty gritty of his business because I just love, you know, being able to learn real estate and do all these things. His goal is 120 transactions this year. He's on track to probably hit that. But the problem is he has, you know, two buyer's agents now on his team. His My other brother has come onto his team and he doesn't have all the systems perfectly fine-tuned. So it's a little bit of he's waking up chasing his tail every day. And yeah. I think a lot of agents listening to this find themselves in the same scenario. And, and I, obviously him and I work together to, you know, really build systems in his business. But I'm curious on your perspective of – you know, as you start bringing agents onto your team and you start trying to become an owner, not just an agent, you know, what are some yeah. of the systems that you need to concentrate on or principles that you need to apply to your business? So I think one of the the principles, I, I like that one better, uh, or I like that one, it's the ones coming to my mind, is you got to understand that your habits must come before your systems. Okay, everybody wants to like, okay, I, I you know, I'm, I'm doing 20 deals, I'm going to create this team. Now, if you're doing 20 deals, don't even think of creating a team. Like that's a complete absurdity. Okay. You, you I need, agree. because what, because what's going to happen is you don't have the habits. If you're only doing 20 deals or 30 deals and creating a team, that tells me you don't have the habits necessary to create 90 deals on your own. And then what happens is that you start scaling to a team and you think, okay, I can have all these systems and whatnot. Well, your, your team in, in, in some aspects are like your children. Children will do what you do versus do what you say. You can tell them not to smoke cigarettes all you want. But if you're smoking cigarettes in the house all day long, every day, they're going to probably be a damn smoker. That is great. Okay? Yep. So habits come before systems. So what I would be telling your brother, I don't know your brother. I don't know his business. So it's really just not really talking to him. I'm, I'm it got this fictitious brother guy out there. <laughs> is I would, I would be, I would want to follow him and say, okay, what does he do at five o'clock in the morning? 
Um, does he get up and start working out? What is he listening to or watching at seven o'clock in the morning? Where is he at 745? Better be in the office. And at eight o'clock, if it's legal in your state, is when you should have your first dial and you should do that for three hours. See, that's a habit, mm. right? So once you have that habit, you'll have all the money you need to develop whatever systems you dream about. But your systems are only going to work if the people, your team, your future team, develop the same habits as you do. Mm. And then you'll need the system. So it really comes down to I see the biggest weakness in in teams and there's great teams out there. But the biggest weakness that is I, that I've seen is that the, the leader of the team is wanting to be the CEO. I'm not the CEO of my company. I'm like the guy that's in the trenches with the other players. I'm on the court. I'm not in the executive suite. You'll that. see me standing right there in the call room, stand up station in a cubby hole. I never see my office. I'm with them. Now I've got a CFO and I've got managers and they handle all of that stuff. And yes, I'm in conversations with them, but eight o'clock every single morning, if I'm in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Monday through Friday, I will be in that call room at eight o'clock ready to go. Wow. Now I'm not making calls. I'm doing my own thing, whatever I've got for my day, but I do it with my team. And that's my habit. I'm almost talking about, I feel naked. I feel incomplete if I don't show up and do that. And now what is that? How, what's the impact on all the other people, the other 30 or 40 people that show up in the same room every single day when they see their leader doing it? That's what's missing with teams. Mm. You've probably heard the term growth hacking, but what does it mean? Simply put, it's about growing your business in a huge way in not so huge amount of time. It's been a way of life for Twitter and other tech companies who've used it for huge success. But while growth hacking isn't some magic formula that will work for all businesses, you can use some of these methods to create scalable growth in your business. To learn more, go to ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking and download our Relationship Marketer's Guide to Growth Hacking. That's ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking. Don't wait. Take action on this today. Man, there is so many, as I'm listening to you, so many golden nuggets there. One of the ones that I just want to point out that people catch, because I see this in my own business. So we're up to about 230, I think, employees right now. So it changes often, but 230. The greatest leaders are in the details with their troops. It's yeah. over the years of doing this, it's I've hired and made some bad hiring mistakes at the senior level. And as I look back, in my own business, and guys, understand that you know I have a sales company, right? I have a sales floor, hundred callers, blah blah blah, those that type of idea. But it's a it's a it's a business. It's a little different than real estate, a little different than finance. It's selling marketing products, but still, the principle of the greatest leaders being in the details is so critical. It's so critical, and we get yeah. these ideas in our head that. Oh, we're, we're now the CEO. So we now must, you know, we must look at reports from on high and we now must dictate to everybody what they should do because I got my fancy report. And we spend so much time doing things to justify what we think we should be doing instead of realizing, you know, what actually moves the needle? What actually moves the needle is you getting in the trench with your troops and picking up the phone right beside them. Is yeah, I think you should delegate. C yeah, delegate CEO. Don't delegate the grind. Delegate the CEO. We all want to be promoted awesome. to CEO. 
Don't know that that's a delicate that I can have somebody else figuring out how to pull all the reports. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I have a CFO that will pull all these reports and then on Tuesday they deliver me. It's about maybe a six page report that'll have all the numbers on all the companies that I'm involved in, whether, whether it's a real estate or not. Okay. And I have all the numbers based on exactly how I want to see the numbers. And I just look at it with a highlighter every Tuesday and I actually Highlight a few things, write a couple notes on the things, give it back to them, and basically say, I don't like this number. We need to reverse that. What do you suggest? Now, I always say, what do you suggest? Because if I tell them what to do, then I've just, I, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not actually tapping into their minds. I'm just tapping into their physical body, meaning do this and then it's all task. I want to, I want to hire thinkers. So I say, Hey, I don't like the way this number is going. Can you tell me what you would suggest we do to reverse it? Okay. So then I go send them back and they say, Hey, I think we need to do this and this and this. And then I review that. And then I say, okay, go do this and this. I agree with you. And then maybe add a little bit of this on top of it. And let's see what happens next week. And then I'm off. So that doesn't take me much. That doesn't take because I'm in the trenches. I'm, I'm very current with what's going on. When, when they deliver me numbers, I can actually know what I need to do to reverse those numbers because I'm in touch with the ground level. Mm. So, you know, I delegate all that stuff and I stay. So just this morning, my, you know, agents are in there calling and I hear one calling some four Silva owners. Soon as he hung up the phone, I said, Hey, let me talk to you about that. And then I role played with them. He actually took a cell phone, hit the recorder, and I role played how that call should go next time. And I guarantee you four or five agents listen to that role play. He'll listen to it four or five times. And I just made a better agent out of him. That's now awesome. I'll, that, that, that five minutes, 10 minutes that I took with him will pay me dividends for the next 10 years. He's with me. Mm. So I have, like, a... I, I can't get a better return on my time. Agreed. I'll get paid. I'll get paid for the next 10 years on that five or 10 minutes. So I have a million dollar question for you because I think it's, you know, where people's minds might be going on this podcast right now. What do you do with the performer that's just not getting it? What do you do with an agent on the team that's just not getting where they need to be? You keep role playing with them. You keep doing those things. What's kind of been your experience there? So I'm not going to analyze. I'm not going to judge somebody based on the result. Okay. I'm going to judge them based on their willingness and execution on the process. Okay. So as long as they're committed to the process, if they're showing up, if they're making the dials, if they're doing the role play, if they're doing the things that we, 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 we prescribe, then I believe they're going to eventually make it. So everybody will make it at a different time, right? Some people are hits right off the get go. Some right. people take a year, right? And if, but if you'll follow the process, you'll eventually get there. Now, those that are listening to me right here and listening to us, I do have, I'm, I'm a little bit passionate about the, <laughs> the conversation. Okay. Um, I do have opinions and I state my opinions as if they're truths because they are true for me, but they may not be real truths, right? It, it, you know, I judge, I do, uh, other opinion, other opinions do matter, but, um, I do believe I, I have an idea of how to do this. Okay. So I'm, I'm very regimented. This is what you do. This, this, this. If not, then we need to have a real conversation and decide if you really want, want, want this. Now, if that's the type of leader I am and you're an agent in my company and you're not doing so well, what are you going to do? 
You're either going to step up, come to me and say, hey, look, I need to make a change. Tell me what to do and commit or you're going to go away. It goes back to what you're saying with the consistency of the habits. If you're consistent, you earn people's respect. So often we lose people's respect because we say one thing and we do another, right? And we talked about the cigarette smoking and stuff. So it goes back to the principle that you're saying that drives the ultimate success. One of the things I want to point out to the audience, the reason why I believe, Greg, you've had so much success in your career. And, you know, I'm just getting to know you on this podcast, but you're self-aware enough to know that, hey, these are my truths that I believe and you have conviction in them. So you execute. So you don't let paralysis by analysis take over, but you're self-aware enough to know, hey, I recognize that these are my truths. These are my perceptions. That guy's right there. When you can arrive there in your life, you have reached a level of ability to execute freely. So many of us, we're not convicted enough in our truth. So we don't execute, we have paralysis by analysis, or we're so convicted in our truth that we're blind, that we don't keep a little radar of emotional intelligence enough to go, wait a second, I'm headed down the wrong path right now. It's that it's that yeah. fine balance. And I just wanted to point that out to the audience in that statement that you said, just showcases to me why you're able to develop these systems. I've always told people the best system is the one you use because as you use it, right, it will fail and you'll evolve and you'll you'll fix that failure and, and eventually you'll get to the right system because I tend to agree with you. The one thing I always tell people is kind of the Rudy analogy. If you've seen the movie Rudy, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who wants to play football but he's just not built, but he had the passion, the heart. That's what I'm looking for out of people. Yeah. It's like I, I want a Rudy. I, I I will take one passionate person over a thousand technically skilled people all the time because you just can't teach hunger. You can't teach character. It's You have to lead by example, and those things have to be something that is internally from somebody and their why and their motivation. So let's switch yeah. gears a little cool. bit because I want to talk to yeah. you a little bit about your future, where you're headed. I mean, I'm curious because you own – you're the owner of a bunch of Century 21 franchises – Mm-hmm. Right, you are an extremely successful real estate agent. You're a coach. What's next for Greg? So it, let me. The coach. I'm a coach for my company. So I, I'm not a coach for hire outside of uh, my operation. Okay. So just just so we're clear on that, because um, yeah, because a bunch of people um, are going to be calling you now. <laughs> yeah, and and the reality is, is my commitment is to develop talents within. I mean, my goal is to just in the Myrtle Beach office to create 30 millionaires. So That's I mean, awesome. I've got very focused goals. On what I need to do wow. for the agents that are that 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 uh, that join our company. So you know what's what's next for me. So what I've been involved in right now is acquiring companies that I think um, my type of uh, coaching could influence. So you know I'm looking for opportunities where I might acquire a, a company. Maybe they have 50 agents. Maybe they have 100 agents. Um, and where I can go in and see that one of the things that I think that the company's lacking is maybe good coaching and, 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 and systems, maybe transaction management as, uh, assistance and programs and go in a, and acquire those companies and then roll my model in. So that's kind of how I've been working the scale. Of course, you know, with that comes all the ancillary businesses like title and mortgage right. and things like that. But it always helps when you have thousands and thousands of transactions to be able to feed those ancillaries because you don't get 100% adoption, you know, when it comes to those those uh, right. those additional products. 
Um, I continue to just purchase real estate. I mean, quite frankly, my goals are really to help all the agents in the company or in the companies reach their goals. And when I do that, let me tell you, it's very rewarding for myself. That was going to be my next question to you is the question of, you know, how do you keep motivated? You know, once you reach a certain level of success, you know, how do you keep yourself motivated? Because uh, everybody's yeah. at different journeys. We have people just starting, but we have some really successful people that listen to this podcast. Like, you know, I have sometimes even struggled and going, man, you know, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable. And when you get comfortable, yeah. man, that's death. Like, like how, how do you yeah. keep yourself motivated? You know, so I, I was I was having a conversation. Uh, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe it was on lab code agents. Uh, maybe it was one of the Facebook threads. And um, they were talking about how do you stay motivated to go to work? And I'm like, well, there's the problem right there is that work is nothing is nothing but a word that we use to describe something we do. Mm. OK, so like I don't feel like I go to work. I mean, I think of work. I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to work. But I do love to play. Okay. So just like, like I can't, when I get off of this podcast, I'm shooting over, I'm going to be hitting tennis within 30 minutes after we get done here. Awesome. Okay. Cause I like to play tennis and I, and, and, and no matter whether I win or lose, I'm going to want to play tomorrow. And so I look at my business as it's just a game and every single game, I love to play the game. That's so awesome. if I looked at it as it's work, that to me is kind of negative. Like I got to do whatever I can to like, you know, not have to work. I need to figure out my system so I don't have to work anymore. I'm afraid to not work anymore in my mind because that means I get, I have to stop playing and I'm not interested in, in stopping playing. So I think right there, it's, it's, you know, how to, how do you create a career where your description of your career is one of joy. Mm. I don't get burned out of having fun. Mm. And I think most people can't say that they come into work every day and having fun. But I'm developing talent. I'm a coach that's helping agents win the Super Bowl. I mean, I that doesn't get old for me. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Grant Cardone gonna, says you don't burn out. You're not a candle. You're not a candle, people. Come on. <laughs> there you, you, don't, go. you don't burn yeah. out. You only burn out. Yeah. You only get tired when you're losing. That's what he says. Yeah. It's like you're not tired. You ever get tired of winning? You, you only get tired when you're losing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So to me, everything, it's all a competition, too. You know, I'm looking yeah. and I'm seeing how are we competing in the marketplace? Not because, you know, I necessarily have to have more volume than the other person. But in a way, I do. I mean, when I go to play tennis uh, today, I need to my score needs to be better than the opponent that I'm playing today. Mm. Just, it, that's just that's it's, why I'm stepping on the court. It's interesting because a lot of the people that come on and I would say the, the you know, I hate to say it this way, but when we're interviewing people, the more successful people that we interview, they have a mindset of abundance, not yes. a mindset of scarcity. And maybe you've heard that before as you're listening to this yeah. podcast, this idea of abundance versus scarcity. But listening to you, it's like you're not talking about work like you got to pay your bills and that you got to survive. 
to you. It's it's about winning and losing, playing the game, having fun. Some days you're going to lose. Some days you're going to win. And, you know, I mentioned Gary Vee earlier. Listen to his stuff. He constantly talks about how he loves to lose just as much as he loves to win, as long as it's fair for him to, to lose. Uh, but the point being is that there's this mindset of abundance. Like we interviewed Ricky Carruth. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. Yeah. yeah. But man, loving this guy's stuff. But it's that same thing. Like he's not scared of a recession. He's not scared of what's going to happen in the market because it's a mindset of abundance it's like there's plenty out there and i'm going to wake up every day and i'm going to go live my life to the fullest with this joy and this happiness and this love for what i do all right so i have a question for you that i ask you know pretty much everybody that comes on the podcast because this is something that has consumed me in my life which is you know you're after success and you know as a younger guy i'm always reading and looking at successful people and what they've done and, and trying to i'm like a Self, self-help addicted person. Like I, I see the articles, top three things to being the, you know, the next Warren Buffett. I'm consumed by that stuff, right? So everybody wants to know the top three steps. I know there's not a magic formula. Yeah. But I know successful people have habits in their life that they implement, routines that they implement that have driven success. As they look back, it's driven success. What are some of those habits and routines for you? So number one, it'll fall under, uh, it, it, Every single day, you got to start at zero and realize that you start at zero. We start at zero. We're in a sales business. We start at zero by default. There's nothing you can change. When you wake up, you're at zero. But it's a choice as to whether or not you go to sleep at zero. So in other words, every single day, I got to create something today because that's a choice whether or not I go to bed at zero. But it's it's not a choice whether I wake up. So that would be one. powerful. The other one is you've got to accept. This is a truth in my world. (laughs) You've got to accept that mastering boredom is how people get to the legendary status. Not forget, let's forget about being a top producer. We can get through to become a top producer. You know, we can, we can make money by just doing the right things today. But if we want to generate wealth for ourselves, we got to understand that we've got to master repetitious boredom. What is repetitious boredom? Repetitious boredom is showing up every day at eight o'clock and making calls until 11 o'clock and doing that every single day. Most people say, Oh, I couldn't stand to do that. Well, I'm sure Tiger Woods probably at age 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, all the way into his forties probably has said, you know, he, he wasn't saying, I can't walk out there and hit the, the, the putter from 10 feet out 200 times again today. Mm. And then six feet out 400 times today. I'm sure Michael Jordan didn't complain about having to shoot those, that many free throws in the gym by himself in the evening when all his friends were doing something else. See, if you think about all the people, that have really went to another level, whether they're sports stars, whether they're business people, whether they're artists, they spent a lot of time doing the same thing over and over and it became boring, but they resisted the, the, the temptation to stray. They stayed within their boredom and they became masters of it. Mm, and that that's what takes them to the next level. You know, resist all these distractions. So those are the things that come to my mind besides, you know, hey, if you want to be a top producer, go buy some Zillow leads. I mean, these are like, (laughs) hopefully, like real things that will make us think. That You've got to be thinking about these things. That is is awesome, man. 
awesome. I've heard the saying constantly, frequent before great. You must be yeah. frequent before you're great. I tell my sales guys on the phone, you know, they'll make 150, 200 dials a day. And I'll say, you must be frequent before you become great. There's no way to greatness without frequency. I yeah. mean, I, I love that, man. That is awesome. All right. So what would you go back and tell younger Greg? You know, that that little boy, you know, as you look back on your life, what advice, you know, would you give that? You know, I, I, oh, that's a, that's a, that is a tough one. You know, what I'm going to bring a tear to your eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's so many things that, you know, that I have learned over the years. And, and, and I think what I would tell younger Greg, it, 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 it took a more mature Greg to really grasp the, the uh, concept of contribution of to really like, if I can stop focusing on what, my numbers are and I can start focusing on what our numbers are, then, then that's when things really shifted for me. When I started measuring my success based on my per person production or how many agents I had in my market, like in the market right now, the last time I looked, which a couple of weeks ago, the top 50 agents of uh, 22% of the top 50 agents are in my office and only one of them had a license before they actually ever became an agent. Wow. These are people that I took as new licensees. If you look at the top five agents in my market right now, one, two, three, uh, one, two, three, three of the top five all are one, two, no, four of the top five right now all came from my, are all in my office. There are agents that were brand new licensees. Mm. Like if I, I could have even done more than that if I would have started early understanding the concept of of me giving myself to my team and really helping them win. What that got me in return was it helped them go to another level, but it also helped them justify their decision to stay with me. So not did it, not did it only help them build bigger businesses, which is building my bigger business, but it also helped with retention and whatnot because they knew I would take bullets for them. They were not a number. And I think if I could have matured earlier, then, you know, that, that's what I would tell young Greg is, Hey, let's, let, let's do that a lot earlier. It didn't take 10 years to figure that one out. <laughs> that's awesome advice because it also, it just stems from, you know, we just are so inwardly focused. We're so in this mindset of scarcity. I got to pay my bills. I got to hit the quotas. I got to, you know, I got to make that list again, that accolade again. And so we're so internally focused, but we don't realize, and I've seen this play true in my life, is that with, if you give, if you sacrifice, it's, it's going to hurt at first. Like it, it, normally, yeah. you know, you're not going to give and it's not going to come right back to you. you. Normally you have to sacrifice and you, you will sacrifice. You'll sacrifice your time, your money, all these type of things. But I have seen it pay off tenfold, but it's a, it's a leap of faith. And it's just amazing how common, like there's a thread woven through our podcast of that type of concept from successful people of just giving with this abundance, focusing on other people's wins because they propel you faster when you help them win. They're going to propel you to your wins so much faster. So Greg, man, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Tell people where they can connect with you. Where can they find out about you? Yeah, you know, the easiest way to connect nowadays is just go into Facebook, look up Greg Harrelson and hit me up on Messenger. You know, I um, 
I get a lot of questions through Messenger, and I, I really enjoy answering, you know, the questions. A lot of times people ask me questions, and then I, it dawns on me, you know, I bet my agents have the same darn question. You know, so go ahead and hit, hit me up on Facebook Messenger if there's anything I can do. Thanks, Greg. Greg, it's honor having you on, man. Just listening to you, you know, as I reflect on this podcast, guys, please go back and listen to it again, because there's so many things that Greg said that took me a second to stop because they were extremely actually deep principles. And what I love about it is, and it's the action item I want to give you for this podcast before we close out, is it's really this idea that you first have to build yourself on the foundation that's solid before you implement these systems, before you go off and try to buy a lead generation system from Zillow, even before you, you know, if you're a product user of Reminder Media and you're using my products right now, before you even use our products, the action item is what are your habits? Well, I love what he said, which is my challenge to everybody today, which is what do you do at 5 a.m.? In the morning, where are you at 7.45 a.m.? That is the action item from this podcast. Your habits, you are the sum and product of your habits. And it would be interesting to follow yourself around all day long. Write down in your journal as you go what you did and start looking at the habits. Do that for a week straight and see the product that you're actually delivering to the market space. See what you're actually delivering versus what you think you're delivering. Yeah. That's so often is where we get trapped is we don't realize that our habits are opposite of what we actually say and we think we're doing. So that is definitely the action item for you guys on this podcast. If you like the podcast and you like what you hear, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please give it a five-star review. If you guys rate it, give reviews, even give a negative review. Any reviews, we want the reviews because the more reviews, the more people are talking about it, the more people can see it, the more people can share it. And that's ultimately our goal with doing Stay Paid, guys, is that you will get tangible, actionable tips from listening to this podcast that you can put into action and actually improve your life. So go to staypaypodcast.com. You can check it out there. All of Greg's information will be in the show, na- show notes. So if you want to connect with Greg, go to staypaidpodcast.com. If you want to follow me on social media or stay paid on social media, you can find me at Luke Acri or you can find us at Stay Paid Podcast. Josh and I would love to answer your questions. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback on the podcast. We want to hear feedback on what's going on in your life. We want to interview the people that you want to hear from so you can take these tips and you can apply them to your business, that you can apply them to your life because our goal is if you take action today, you can live a life of freedom tomorrow. So the action item for this podcast is track what you do every single day. Track your habits. And then once you know your habits, then start thinking about the systems that you can implement in your business. Guys, for this episode, I'm Luke Acri. I'm without my co-host, Josh Stike, but we had an amazing interview with Greg Harrelson. So Greg, thank you so much. Guys, go to staypaypockets.com. Give us a five-star review. Love you guys. Thanks for listening.